And um, this week, God wants to focus on what he spoke to you during the feast. This won't be the last word on it, but it's a little reflection on that and how we're moving forward. We've already gotten those words, to move forward. But if you haven't thought about it till now, now you're getting another word. Okay? I want to read you. Lonnie, if you would come up here or somebody would come up and hold the microphone for me. I want to get this on my phone because I want to read you This word and this message is called the blessings of obedience. The blessings of obedience to Father, to Abba. And if you could turn this up a little bit more because I'm pretty raspy from worshiping my heart out this morning. So you have to get it right here, Lonnie. Okay, let me access this. Here we are. I'm reading out of the Message Bible because I want us to really understand this. And I'm going to read in the book of Deuteronomy in the Old Testament. And I'm reading chapter 28 about the blessings of the Lord. Verse 1 through 6. I want you to let this soak into you. We heard God spoke to us during the feast. He spoke to us for eight days. He spoke to us on the Feast of Atonement. He spoke to us on the Feast of Trumpets. He spoke many, many things to us. Some were speaking, musings of his heart, revealing his will, and the burdens of his heart, and some were literally directives. We could call them commands. So with that, I want, with that in mind, this piece of scripture was to the people of God. God was setting them apart as a holy nation. There had never been like a holy nation before. That's what God calls his church. That's what he calls us. That's where our true citizenship lies. So with that, I don't want you to cast off these words. This was for the Jews or Israel. Because Paul told us that it isn't about DNA or lineage. about all those who have been called into the new Israel, the complete Israel of God. We're citizens. We're grafted in. We're adopted into the family. We aren't second-class citizens. He holds no differences. He birthed and begot his firstborn son, and he did the same thing with you. 
It was the same way. So after hearing everything we've heard, let us open our hearts to walk forward in the commands of the Lord. Let us open our hearts to say yes to the Lord. In verse 1, if you listen obediently to the voice of God, your God, and heartily obey all his commandments that I command you today. God, your God, will place you on high, high above all the nations of the world. All these blessings will come down on you and spread out beyond you because you have responded to the voice of God, your God. God's blessing inside the city, God's blessing in the country, God's blessing on your children, the crops of your land, that means whatever you do for work, the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds, lambs of your flocks. God's blessing on your basket. That means your bank account and your bread bowl. God's blessing in your coming in. God's blessing in your going out. Amen. Those are the blessings of the Lord. I'm not going to deal with that, so give me another microphone or something because this is an important word, and I want, the, I, want, I want it settled before I go further. So is it settled? Is it settled? If I need another microphone, sound booth can tell me I need another microphone. Do we have it settled? All right. I think we've got it settled. Okay. Those are the blessings of obedience. That means obeying what God asked us to do. What did God ask us to do? This is just a quick review, and then we're going to talk about how we can accomplish it. First things first and foremost. And who's here? Don't fear. We don't have to do this all about ourselves. It's impossible to do without the blood of Jesus, without Father without the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us. You see, he came to lead them by the Spirit of God. Jesus was there. They were all interacting in the time period of this. And it's no different today. Abba's here. Father God, the Ancient of Days, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus is here with us. And the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God, the Spirit of the Lord is here to see us accomplish these things in these days. So I want to remind you some things that came. I'm going to quickly reflect on the Feast Insights. Right around Atonement, 
uh, Lonnie was speaking, and he was speaking about walking by faith. If some of you remember, I literally got a Chinese cookie that had Hebrews 11.1 in it. Remember? I've been up there recently. I asked everybody, did you get one? No, I totally believe it was a divine inscription from somewhere, from heaven, from me that day. And what is that scripture? It is, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the evidence of things not seen yet. I add yet. That's Kathy's addition. Just so I know, it doesn't mean they're not here. I lay my heart on those things. Soon after that, Pastor Lonnie spoke Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he has anointed me to share good news. It's much longer than that, but are you hearing me? Look that up if you're taking notes. That's what God said to us. The Spirit of the Lord has come. Come upon you and to anoint you in these days to preach the good news, to heal the brokenhearted, to bring salvation, to touch, to lead. The Spirit of the Lord is here to help you walk by faith. And faith without works is dead says the Lord. Faith without works is dead. We come because we've already become part of the harvest. We come because as disciples and part of the harvest has come, we then become trained to be what? The laborers in the field. That is our calling. That is a high calling. High. It is a great calling. It is, it is lifted up in God's estimations because he said the greatest of all, the greatest among you, the greatest is the servant of all. That's your job description. If you didn't know, it's written in this word, in this Bible. And then came Wes, the first day of the feast. This was a directive to us. He said, you will conquer external problems. Those externals that Pastor just laid out. You will conquer those by getting rid of your internal problems and issues. That was a directive. That was a word from God. 
we tend to try to fix the external situations. Don't we? But God told us it was a command. He gave us knowledge and he gave us wisdom and he told you, you can change the external problems and conquer them by getting rid of the internal problems. I love that word. This was the directive. There were several, but I took the highlights. He said, look to God, not the problem. Stop looking to the problem. Look to God. Magnify the Lord. That's just like the magnifying glass that you got. Put it over something. Put the magnifying glass up in front of God. Magnify the Lord. Get a close-up. Magnify the Lord in every situation. And stop and don't magnify the problem. You've heard somebody making a mountain out of a molehill. Some of the things I hear about the biggest problem in somebody's life. And they're blind to the internal problem. Negativity. Always a negative look on something. No. Magnify the Lord. And stop looking at the problem. These were directives. These were commands from God. The blessings come and flow from heaven when we are obedient to the commands of God. Your yes. Then we had Sheila come. Oh, and if you missed it, it was rich. She shared what her the issues of her internal issues and external issues that year. And God came up with the answer. So if you want to know how to get rid of these internal parts, he said, you need to touch the parchment. Parchment is what these bushes up here are made from. You see these bushes up here? These are literally papyrus plants. They were planted on purpose to bring in during the feast times. They represent the earliest beyond animal skins of writings of our brethren, of the family back to the times. And the Egyptians learned how to pound this stuff and turn it into paper. It's called papyrus. Touch the parchment. That's what it was made out of. Touch the parchment. Touch the word. Go get the scrolls. Eat the word. Devour the word. Betty Green told us that when she died and went to heaven that time, or almost went to hell, God, she stood before God, and he said, How well do you know my son?
And he picked up, uh, suddenly she saw a Bible. Jesus is the Word of God. She told us, we can't live. Well, let me go back. She said, so God told us to get in the Word and feed on it. Sheila used the term feeding. What had she been feeding on? If you're feeding on those problems, if you're magnifying them, you aren't eating anything that's going to help you deal with life. And we just received a command from God to stop it. And he told us how to do it. He told us how to get in the Word and find the promises. He told us how to get in touch with Jesus and how to get in touch with the Lord and get in touch with everything that can change the internal problem so you will no longer see it as you did before. It will go away. It's called what Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these other issues and things will be added unto you. Stop worrying about them. Stop dealing with them. Listen to me. Be led by my spirit. He promises us. But we're still trying to do the work ourselves. Stop. He's here. Because the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. And he has anointed you. He has anointed you. Anointing means set you apart. He's anointed you to do the work. Before David ever took the throne as king, he was a little 12-year-old boyish. And he was ano- the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and they anointed him from head to toe for kingship, for great things, to serve the kingdom of Israel, Judah. You have been anointed for this work. Good works. By faith. She said, stop. This was a directive. Stop feeding negativity. Stop feeding it. Stop feeding it with your emotions. Stop feeding it with your worries and your fears. Stop feeding it. Stop meditating on it. Stop thinking about it. Stop feeding negativity. She said, if you don't feed it, it cannot live. It cannot live in your life. It will have no life. It will have no breath. It will have no place in your mind, in your heart, in that gut, that knot, in your stomach. Stop. When you touch the parchment, you know what to start thinking about. That's where you go when you pray. Betty got up the next morning and she said, it's time God has set before this church to take the promised land. She said, it will come by prayer and fasting, birthing and receiving it. Prayer, fasting, birthing, receiving And after that, she said, no unbelief. 
You see, when you're feeding negativity, you're not having it's it, you're not coming with a full deck of uh, faith. You're coming with unbelief. And God said, "Stop." God spoke to us. It is time to take the promised land. It's time to pray and fast and birth and receive receive the provision. Birth it in. Hebrews 1. The things we're hoping for, yet they're not seen. Come on. In your personal life, in the mandate of this ministry here, it's not just about your personal life. That is incorporated in the greater vision. She said, unbelief blocks and stops up God's will. It blocks. Shut the door on it. You can't receive it. If you can't believe for it, you can't receive it. No unbelief. Submit to God's authority and authorities. That was a directive. Submit to God's authority and authorities, where all authority comes from God. She said, submission is key, quote, to everything in God. Submission and obedience is the opposite of rebellion and disobedience. Right? Submission. Then Sean got up. And he said, and then Wes came again and he had more wonderful things to say. But Sean got up on Wednesday morning and he said, you are chosen of God. That was a declaration. You are chosen of God. You are the sons of God. You have been chosen to be the sons of God. Many are called, the word of God says. Many are called, but few are chosen. You have been chosen. The Spirit of the Lord is on you. He's anointed you. You've already been set aside. You've already been set apart. These things were spoken. These weren't just words to make you feel better and pump you up for the week of your external challenges. These were meant to change you internally forever and ever. Transformation, he said, (coughs) through relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He ended that morning with scriptures from Romans 12 and Romans chapter 8. You see, these in the book of Romans, all the books of Romans, but 8 is for the sons. Read it. Ask for revelation, understanding, and wisdom. But in Romans 12, he said, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. We are not to look like the world. We're not to think like the world. We're not to act like the world. But we're a part of it. Thank you so much. Did you pop that lid on there for me? I only got one hand. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Do not become conformed to this world. 
He said, all creation is crying out. That means the heavens, the birds, the trees, the grass, even the rocks. Everything is alive. Everything has these atoms. This, this isn't dead. This, this is emitting life because everything in creation has life. It has to. He created it. Do you understand? All creation, this pulpit is crying out. This pulpit has been imparted with spit, blood, sweat, and tears over the years. It's crying out for the words that have been spoken. It's crying out for the sons of God to be revealed. And there's coming a day, and it's coming upon us. And some of you just think when pastor says again, hey, uh, tell somebody you love them and that Jesus is coming soon. And we laugh. He's always saying that. Why does pastor always say that? It sounds like a little idiom of our day, but I'm telling you that today is closer than, closer than before when Jesus is coming. And he comes in many comings. He comes in parousias. It means the many comings of the Lord. The parousia isn't just a one-time event. It's in the, it's in the plurality of, of, of the, the way the word is spoken. So it's the many comings of Jesus. He comes in here. He came in during our worship. Did he not? But there is coming the great coming where every eye shall see and every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. So you see, there's comings. We have to be ready. That's meant to say, be ready. Be ready. Jesus said, be ready for me. Be ready for the parousias of the coming of the Lord. Don't think that you have time to wait because you've been given one day and you've got it now. You don't know what will happen today. Live it to the most without regrets. Without regrets. That you may have the blessings that we began with. Then Roy and Susan. The one word that we got during that, other than the fact that they have new beginnings going on. New advancement into the kingdom of God with a word. There's new opportunities, you see. That was, they didn't say that, but that's what it was. And, that, and, and God had me lay the mantle on them. You see, there's mantles that are being passed out. Some, some of you have already received them. There's mantles that come upon us to do the work. But he did speak one thing. And Roy said, it's time to grow up. That isn't a casual, that isn't necessarily a rebuke. That is not, we, we didn't like that when our parents said it to us. Time to grow up. It's grow up. You're old enough. You know better. You should know better than that. You're old enough to know better than that. That's how we connotate it because those things really bugged us as kids when we heard it. We didn't want to hear it anymore. But I ask you to open up your heart because God said it's time to mature. It's time to grow up. It's time to put the childish things away of your immaturity. Are you understanding? I've asked the Holy Spirit to give you understanding and wisdom because all of this is important for us to walk forward in. 
He wants you to put it away. Stop wasting your time on it. It's childish. We have things that the sons of God need to appropriate and start to learn in the Word the deeper things of God. He wants to fill us. He wants to feed us with the things that make us grow. He wants to give you something, a steady diet. Paul called it meat instead of babies and whipped up food. He said, I have meat to give you now, but I can't give it to you because you would choke on it. This is what it means to grow up. This is what it means to grow up. This is what it means to mature. It's to mature. It's to mature and become sons with muscles. Jesus is my hero. my hero. Some young brothers are always working hard to be like their oldest brother. But in the Word it tells us he's our oldest brother. Should we not want to be like him? If we're in the parchment and we're reading the Word, we'll know what that means. Seth came in and he said, after he hadn't even been here at once and heard any of these words, the first thing he came in and he said, God is looking for your yes. God is looking for your yes. I said yes again to him this morning in our worship. Jesus, be the center. Be the center of it all. Be the center of my heart. Be the center of my thinking. Be the center of my life. Be the center. Jesus, be the center of this church, this gathering of people that you've set apart here. Jesus, be the center of the Cornerstone Community Center. Over guide us. We want to love all the people. We want to bring them into unity and life and abundance. We want to love them with the arms of Jesus. Every single one. Every single one. With the mentality that he would leave the 99 behind to go after one that needed nurturing and love. And to hold in his arms. That's my heart. Jesus, be the center. Let me help you make that happen. Jesus is looking for your yes. God wants you to say yes to his will, not yours. We sometimes have yes, we can say yes to our will. It's easy to say yes to our will. Oh, I want that. Oh, that's a pretty blouse. Oh, I'm getting that. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's new shoes. I, I think, well, I do have some, but I want those shoes. They might not be here next year. I, yes, I'm going to buy that. I'm just giving you simple little things of how easy it is to say yes to our will. But there's a lot of bigger, 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 bigger issues that we are saying yes to, that God is saying, you don't have time for that anymore. I've got bigger and better things. 
Give me your attention. Give me your heart. I want to be the center. The crown. We were told about a crown. Yet every jewel on the crown. This It was a vision someone had, and they had a vision of this gigantic crown. It was the most beautiful thing they'd ever seen. And eventually there was revelation given that every jewel on that crown was a time that they said yes to God. The person having the vision, they said, oh, that's your crown. What? These jewels, I mean, it's my crown? Yes. It's every time you said yes. Every time you said yes. Then Matt said, pray in confidence. Pray in confidence. This is a command. This is a directive. Pray in confidence, in identity, in Christ as a son. Confidence means no unbelief. Pray for God's will, not your will, that God's will be done. These are all directives. Pray what was on God's heart, not what you thought was on the agenda. Pray for that. He said angels will show up. He talked about Acts chapter 12, the story of Peter. James had just been executed. James had just died. He'd been executed. They were out there spreading the word because the Spirit of God was upon them and they were anointed. Peter was thrown in prison. The saints that weren't in prison started praying. It was the darkest, innermost part of the prison. And they kept praying, and they kept praying for God's will. It looked impossible. James had already been executed. It looked like Peter was coming up next. But they prayed, and they prayed, and they prayed. And the angels showed up. And the ground shook. And the doors that had been locked and locked and securely that would not open. No human could open them if you didn't have the key. And God opened the door and let Peter out of the prison. We were just told. See, that's what happens when you pray pray in confidence, in an identity, in Christ as a son. No unbelief. Yet when he showed up at the door... One of the gals went to the door, and he was standing there, and she got terrified. She said, it's his ghost. Peter said, who is it? Who is it at the door? It's his ghost. It's Peter. It's his ghost standing at the door. Maybe she thought he was executed, and I, I don't know what she thought, but you know, sometimes we pray, and things are done, like we just prayed for her back, and we're like, what? Let us be in awe the great things that God intends to do. He said, your body is the temple of the Lord. Your physical body, your spiritual body is the temple of the Lord. He said, be zealous. Be passionate for his house. That doesn't mean cold or lukewarm or eh. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe later. Now, be passionate. Be zealous. Have a goal in mind. 
He said, ignite, light the candle. He said, your spirit man is the candle of the Lord. You hear the scriptures that say, don't put your light under a basket, but let it shine for the whole world to see. This is what he was talking about. What's the filter? Exhorted to hold... Oh, uh, wait a minute. He said, all-consuming fire. Next was John Roman. It was the last morning of the feast. Please stay with me and broaden yourself so that you receive everything today. Trust in the Lord, John said, and do good. Trust in the Lord. It's a psalm. And do good. Read it. Commit your ways to the Lord. It's a directive. We're going back to obedience. We're going back to submission so that you can receive the blessings that we need to get the job done. Trust in the Lord and do good. Commit your ways to the Lord. The greatest of all is the servant of all. Again, be aware of your thoughts. Are they carnal-minded? Or are the thoughts the mind of Christ? That means Jesus' thoughts. What's the filter? The filter is the word. He then, the last things that he said that day, he exhorted all of you to, I'm quoting, hold Pastor Lonnie and Kathy up. Support and help them so they do not grow weary in well-doing. So now we come to the meat of these messages. It's obedience to these things that we've listed. There were more things, but these were directives that I wrote down. Obedience. Mercy, Father, as I've already prayed, may we walk in it by grace. Let us be in the intentional pursuit of all that God has spoken to us during this time. We can only fulfill God's will by his grace. Grace isn't a get-to-heaven free card. Grace has substance to it. Grace of God coming on you is the substance and provision that will help you do, that will assist you, that will be enough, that will be sufficient in assisting you to do all the Word of God commands. That's what grace is. Next to the blood of Jesus, it's one of the greatest commodities in gifts that God has given to us. Really. It's amazing. Amazing grace. Amazing grace. 
amazing grace. Grace and, put the big and, link them together. And being led by the Spirit of the Lord. You can't have grace and do and expect to fulfill it without being led by the Spirit of the Lord. The Word says, those who are led by the Spirit of the Lord are the sons of God. If you aren't allowing yourself to be led by the Spirit of the Lord, you really can't appropriate that title. Or you will appropriate it in vain. Many men and women put on their cards certain titles. But if God has not given you the title... You are putting it on your business card in vain. Are you tracking with me? We must receive the grace that is sufficient. Your grace is sufficient. And we must allow ourselves. That means we must submit. That means we must obey God. That means we must submit to God. That means we must give him our yes and our amen to God and what he wants and what he's asking us and what he's leading us to do. That's what being led by the Spirit of God means. He will not lead you astray. He will not lead you into mistakes. He will lead you to accomplish everything that God has written by the pen of God himself concerning you. Amen? It is personal. It's up close and personal. It's up close and personal. Now I want to read a scripture, Isaiah 11.2. If you're taking notes. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him in the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Isaiah 11.2. This kind of fear of the Lord is to give him all the honor. It is to recognize that he is God of the universe. Somebody said in the word, don't fear men who can cast you into prison, but fear the woman who could send you to hell. That isn't his best for you. This is who we're talking about. We're we're talking about God, the judge of all. 
creator of the universe. In the awesome fear of the Lord. It's fearsome to walk in his presence when he's manifesting it like that. He can allow you to experience a little taste of that. Today he walked in here in such a gentleness. He walked here in his Abba, Father, Daddy manifestation to many of us. Do you understand? Again, the Spirit of the Lord will rest on you with the Spirit of wisdom and understanding. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on you with the Spirit of counsel and might. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon you with the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord because true knowledge is connected to the fear of the Lord. When God reveals you his plans and his knowledge and his understanding on something, you get it and you go, oh my God, I'm a man of unclean lips. I've seen the Lord. I've heard the Lord. This is awesome. This is great. This is too huge. The Spirit of the Lord is the Holy Spirit. I want you to understand. They are the same. These are names. The Spirit of the Lord is the Holy Spirit who does the actual work in your heart. And he does that work for God the Father and Jesus the Son. The Spirit of the Lord is one of the primary names for the Holy Spirit. You can't think about the Holy Spirit in a carnal way. I don't, don't bring him into humanness. We tend to do it because we have such a one-on-one, everyday experience with the Holy Spirit. But he's not limited. We're limited. Don't make him into carnality. He can be everywhere. Everywhere. Everywhere in the universe. He can be in heaven. He, he, he is. He is in heaven. He's in the earth. He's everywhere. He's here in the bigger sense. And he's here in every one of you if you have received the greatest gift, which is Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord, he is so wonderful. The Spirit of the Lord is with all believers and he will fulfill what Jesus promised. You see, Jesus promised in John 14, I'm coming to close, less than five minutes. He said to the disciples, as he was getting ready to go to the cross, fulfilling the command, he said, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper, the Spirit of Truth. He dwells with you and will be in you. You see, you must believe the promise that Jesus told us about and act on it. Faith without works is nothing. You have to act on it in your heart and you must receive the Spirit of the Lord if you want him to work in your life. 
He can only energize and be a part of what you give to him. That's why I gave him everything this morning again. I gave him everything again. Because sometimes I find that I take things back. Do you understand? I find that self or myself can, can like, I don't know. I want to, you know, no, I give it again. Keep giving him your life. Keep giving it. I want to read that scripture to you now. It's John, and it's chapter 14, and it's 16 through 26. These are Jesus saying it, so I'm just speaking it. It's in red in your Bible. He said, and I pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. You see, you just told him, I'm going to be going away. I've been helping you, but I'm... Father is going to send you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. His other name is called the Spirit of Truth. The Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him. Jesus said that. He said, you know him. And if you don't know him, I want to say, you can know him. For he dwells with you and he will be in you. Jesus said, I will not leave you orphans. I will not leave you fatherless. I will not leave you motherless. You're not going to be in some orphanage with strangers caring for you, looking at you like the outcast of society. He said, I will not leave you orphans. I'm sending you the helper, the spirit of truth. He said, I will come to you. Jesus said, I will come to you. A little while longer, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. You will see me. Because I live, you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me. And I am in you. So we're talking Jesus. Jesus in you. Jesus in the Father. You are in Jesus, and Jesus is in you. He, Jesus said, he who has my commandments and keeps them. Come on, we got commandments. We got directives at the feast. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and I will manifest myself to him. That means you. If you keep his commands, all of them, including the directives and the things he's spoken to us directly during this feast. 
He will manifest himself. When you break down that scripture, it says he will make, he will manifest, manifest means manifest. He will appear. He will appear. He will make himself perfectly clear. That's another word that that word means manifest in the New Testament. He will make himself perfectly known to you. You won't be second guessing on Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, but Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not the world? Jesus answered and he said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my Father will love him and we will come to him and we will make our home with him. the second time he says this again. He's now trying to break it down. You didn't hear me the first time. I want you to get this. If you love me, you will keep my commands. You will do what I'm asking you to. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. I'm sending you the Spirit of Truth. I'm sending the Spirit of the Lord, and he's going to come and help you, and he's going to be here, and you're not going to be alone. And on top of that, on top of that, I'm going to live in you, and you're going to be in me, and I'm in the Father, and that means all of us are inside of you, including the Holy Spirit. And I'm not leaving you as orphans. You're not alone in this. I'm going to give and pour out my grace upon you. And if you're deciding and you choose and you give me your yes to be led by my spirit, I'm calling you sons. I'm calling you brothers. I'm calling you children. You're coming into my household, and we're going to come, and we're going to reveal ourselves to you, and we're going to manifest ourselves to you. And, and, you're, and you're going to understand that your temple is the temple of the living God, and we're going to make our home in you. Wow. Wow. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but Father's who sent me. Jesus said, these aren't my words. This is what Father is speaking, and I'm sharing this with you. Quote, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And he will bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Now you may think that they had an advantage because they walked with Jesus for three and a half years. But I want to tell you Word of God says, I knew you. I knew you before you were fashioned in your mother's womb. 
There was a time before you came into this earth realm. There was a time before I sent you to the natural realm of the earth, in the heavens of the earth. I knew you. That word is new, and that word is like I know you. Intimately, fellowshiped, had relationship with you, spoke to you, discussed things with you, the visions of God's heart, God's plans for eternity, God's plans for redemption. He knew you, and he just told us that the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of the Lord and the Spirit of Truth will come and will remind us of the things that he has spoken. Has God spoken things to your heart? There are many more things that he wants to speak to you. Get the bottle out of your mouth childish things away. Give him time. Sit at his feet. Listen to his heart so he can manifest himself to you and he can remind you of the things, even things that were before you were fashioned in your mother's womb. There isn't a heart here that doesn't desire you today in every way, in every piece of our hearts and our lives, God. And I just direct each of you out there, if you have a yes, tell them yes. You don't have to say it out loud. You can, but you just give him your yes. Father, we feel the thick atmosphere of your presence in this place. Father, we know the seriousness of business in the house of the Lord. Father, you don't bring words like this to babies. Father, we accept the challenges that we received and the directives, Lord. Lord, we are so thankful that you have already thought of every provision. We are so thankful, Jesus, that you wear the victor's crown and you have overcome and you have shown us the way to be overcomers in every area that concerns us. And we thank you for your magnificent magnificent love and we come to adore you today and we come to give you what you want and that's all of us everything 
we do bow before you. And we do glorify you and magnify you right now. Thank you, Spirit of the Lord and the Holy Spirit, Spirit of Truth, who has come to witness your word today. May it be written upon our hearts, Lord, You said that you would come and inscribe upon our hearts your word and your commands and your laws. God, write them on our hearts and translate it so that each one may understand according to their abilities in you. Thank you for the grace that is sufficient to lead us into the fullness And as we walk in obedience, Father, I see the blessings pouring from heaven down upon your children. As we obey you in these days. Seal these to our spirit and to our mind. Casting out every lofty thing, let everything be humbled and submit to you. And your will, and your ways, and your word. We adore you. We adore you. Would you all just sing that? Chorus again with me.
receive our worship and praise with all of our hearts.